0: nothing, but in his hands, it's all we'll ever need. Let's pray this morning. Heavenly Father, today, during our worship time, Lord, you spoke to us um, that, God, you have given us the authority, the power, the anointing uh, to do incredible things. But the greatest of those things that we do is loving one another. Loving others, Lord Jesus. So God, this morning we ask that you would use your word to convey the truths that you would have today. God, I pray that you would use my lips uh, to convey the message, Father, today. I pray, God, that you would speak the things that you would want to speak, the things that I would speak would be omitted. And God, we just pray, Lord Jesus, that uh, we would hear clearly what the Spirit would have for us today. God, I pray that our hearts would be open and ready to hear with clarity your voice on a daily basis so that we could be moved by your Spirit at a moment's notice to accomplish the things that you would have for our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Last week we opened by talking about many of us wanting our lives to count in some fashion. We really wanted to make a difference. We really wanted uh, to have some sort of dreams. And, and when we thought about that in, in, in my own life, uh, I've always wanted to have these big dreams. I've always wanted to really make my life count. But my thoughts on how that looked and God's thoughts were vastly different and continue to be vastly different. I think many times we mistaken big things for God as helping a ton of people or feeding the hungry or seeing a country harness its natural resources or finding the cure for cancer. To us, big things for God need to be noticed by others. They need to be in the local newspaper or at at least they need to be liked by our mom on Facebook or something like that. Someone has to notice these things for them to fall into the category of big things for God. But what if, the most significant things that we do on a continual basis go unseen. Is that still big? Is it still significant? Is it just as significant the things that go unseen that God speaks into our lives? Is it, is it just as significant to be obedient to the Holy Spirit in the things that we would consider small? Small? Biblical history tells us of a time where Jesus points out something that seemed very insignificant and very small to everyone else around him, but he said it was very significant. Why don't you take your Bibles this morning and turn with me to Mark chapter 12. Mark chapter 12. Mark chapter 12, we're going to start reading uh, verses 41 through 44. And just to give you the background of what's going on in the story here... What was leading up to this, Jesus had been teaching in the temple area. Now, the temple area had these large courtyards outside of the temple area. The first court was called the Court of the Gentiles, and it was an open-roofed area. That's where a lot of the teaching went on. Jesus was teaching in the Court of the Gentiles uh, that morning, and as, as he was teaching, he was sharing all of these different principles with different people, and then he shifted his focus and went from the Court of the Gentiles into a smaller courtyard before you go into the physical structure of the temple. And in that smaller courtyard, it was called the Court of Women. And in that smaller courtyard, there were uh, these collection boxes, or basically offering boxes, uh, that they were strategically placed as people came into this court, uh, the Court of Women. And they were cone-shaped um, boxes, and they were actually made of metal, much like a kind of a giant trumpet or a tuba mouth. That's what they looked like. And the currency of the day was coins. It was coins, and so everyone knew when someone was giving a lot of money into the metal trough or into the metal cone there. So it was a significant thing. Jesus is, is watching as people are putting their offerings into these metal funnels uh, as they're giving their offerings as they come into the temple. And Jesus is sitting, the Bible says that he is sitting with his disciples. Maybe he's sitting off to the side on some steps and his disciples, a few of them leaning on the walls and they're talking and chit-chatting amongst each other. And Jesus is watching and he notices something and, and usually when Jesus notices something it's very significant. But it's not what we think is significant. If the disciples noticed the same thing, they wouldn't think much of it. If an average person in the in the temple area would have seen this they wouldn't have thought much but Jesus noticed it as significant. Let's read in verses 41 through 44. We'll just take it verse by verse. Jesus sat down near the collection box in the temple and watched as the crowds dropped in their money. Many rich people put in large amounts. So Jesus was watching here at the temple receiving the free will offering that the people were giving. This was a great religious activity. The Pharisees loved to be noticed when they were giving significant amounts of money to the church or to God. Jesus and Matthew talked about how the hypocrites actually would come into a place like this where there's an opportunity for offering or when they were giving to the poor and they would have someone that would blow a trumpet so that everyone around would look at them as they gave their offering to the poor person or as they gave their offering into the metal bin. And Jesus talked about how the hypocrites were just doing it as an outward sign so that everyone could notice them just to get attention. So others would see how significant a gift they were giving to God. They wanted to be significant. They wanted to be noticed. There were a lot of people coming through the temple that day because it was nearing the Passover season and there were many people that were coming out in their Sunday best, coming through the temple area, walking through this courtyard, giving their best offerings to match their best dress. The Bible tells us that there were crowds of people, and many of them were rich people who had large amounts of money. In fact, the literal Greek translation says, many coins, many coins. And as the people would come up to the the trumpets, it was about volume, both numerically and sound. So they would say, hey, I'm giving to God, look at me. Oh, there we go. I knew there was more in there. Everybody, this is my sacrifice and my offering unto the Lord. Take a look at me. How righteous, how good, how great I am. How significant it is for me to give all of that money to the Lord. Yay. That's how we should take the offering around here, huh? But that's how they did it. Everyone would say, man, when they have many coins, the rich people would get attention. And people would go, what's all that racket? What's the the metal clanking into all of those things? And everyone would look at them, and, and they would get rewarded for what they had given. So Jesus is looking and watching this parade of rich people putting in many coins. They thought that the amount of their gift would bring them closer to God or got them some form of brownie points, either with God or with other people. It was just a bonus that everyone else saw what they were doing. Then Jesus sees something that's very significant. In verse 42, it says, "...then a poor widow came and dropped in two small coins." As she came and walked in, all of the hoopla from the previous guy was gone, people had turned away, and as she came by, she continued to walk. Very little hoopla, very little accolades, very little attention, but it caught someone's attention the poor widow threw in two small bronze Jewish coins into the metal receptacle. One Bible scholar said that in comparison to a day's wage for a man in that time, it would, equivalent, or it would be the equivalent of approximately, each coin would be the equivalent of about six minutes of labor. Some translations say that her offering that day was just a fraction of a penny. Pretty insignificant to the guy before her, right? Right? But watch Jesus' reaction. In verse 43, it says this. It says that Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I tell you the truth. When Jesus said, I tell you the truth, pay attention to what he says. I tell you the truth. This poor widow has given more than all the others who are making contributions. This widow has given more than all the other people who have made contributions today. Even the guy before her, you remember that guy, that it was like an eternity with all his coins? She has made a greater contribution today than anyone else and all of their coins. Jesus calls his disciples to him and says, listen to this lesson. I have one more lesson for the day. Jesus says, I tell you the truth. He says that this is significant. You better listen up. I imagine his disciples were not really paying attention as to what was going on. And then all of a sudden, Jesus says, Hey, look at that widow over there. It's almost like they're sitting at a distance, and he calls them to him. And he says, See that lady right there? She just dropped in two coins. It was just, but it was super significant. In fact, she's given more than anyone else all day. But why? I'm sure that that statement didn't make sense to his disciples, those guys that were with him. It didn't really make sense to anyone else uh, around him. But in verse 44, Jesus explained. He says this. For they gave a tiny part of their surplus, but she, as poor as she is, has given everything she had to live on. They gave more coins, but they could afford it. It was extra. It was surplus. It was leftovers from their coin purse. Her gift, it was the last two coins she had. It was small in the eyes of everyone else, but it was very significant to God. I'm sure that this lady understood as she watched the man before her empty his pockets and fill the money jar with all of that money, the money trumpet. I'm sure as she thought how insignificant her gift was. But it truly was significant. You see, the value of her gift was not found in the coins, but the value was found in her attitude and her wholehearted commitment to God. With her last two coins, she shouted from the rooftops, I trust God. I trust God. I know there are people out here this morning that are thinking, oh great, Pastor, another message on giving money. But that's not what we're talking about today. In fact, it really has very little to do with what we're talking about today. What we want to focus on this morning, if you're going to catch one thing, it's this. What are you currently doing on a daily basis that is small but significant? It's small but it's significant. What this lady did right there was something that was very small, but when Jesus saw it, he said, that is absolutely significant. Guys, come and look at this, what she's done. What are you doing today that is small, but significant? How can we take this scripture passage and begin to apply it to our lives today? I think many of us get confused about what's significant for God we sell ourselves short thinking that we don't have anything to give lasting impact to these lives, that our lives won't really make a difference to this world. I really think that if God, if God strategically placed you in this room today, right now, I think that you have a great, significant, a great significance to play in this community and in this region and in this church and in your home and in the world. There's great significance for you to play. But we sell ourselves short. We tend to make excuses a lot of times for ourselves. Maybe, I don't know what the widow was thinking. I know that she was thinking that she was trusting God. I know that that, because she put in her last two coins, but I know that probably even in her heart as she saw the person before her putting all of that money in the offering, thinking this is this is quite insignificant compared to someone else. And part of the problem that we catch ourselves feeling that we're so insignificant is we're focusing so much more upon other people and what they have rather than just focusing on what we have to offer. You see, maybe sometimes we do focus on what we have to offer, and we might make excuses. We might say, well, God, uh, I'm short on time. I'm really busy. I can't do the things that you want me to do. Maybe someone might say, I'm short on time. I'm getting older. I'm getting to an age where I can't do the great things for God anymore that I once did. Maybe you think to yourself, I don't have the charisma or the people skills that so-and-so has. I don't have the financial resources to make a big impact. I don't have the education or the talent of her. When we get finished our demeaning speech, we come to the conclusion that we in ourselves are just not significant But that's where the widow with her two coins comes in. In comparisons, she has little to offer. But Jesus calls his disciples and says, come look at this. Maybe it's less about what we have to offer and rather what we do with what we have that determines significance. You see, it's not about comparing ourselves to all the other people or anyone around us, but it's the fact that God has entrusted you with certain things in your life. How can you use those things on a daily basis to make a significant impact in the lives of those around you? Think about the word that God spoke to us this morning in worship. It, it said the greatest thing that you can do is love other people. To a lot of people, just, that's so Really, it's insignificant. It doesn't doesn't take a lot of time, it doesn't take a lot of resources, all of those things. But the most significant thing that we can do is treat other people with respect and with love. So we need to stop getting caught up in what we don't have and start using what we do have for significance. Guys, there are things that each of us could do every day that can be significant. It's less about what we have to offer, and the key is, are we willing and obedient to use what we have for God? So many times we're fixed on doing great things for God, but today I believe that God is challenging us to do something a little bit different, and this is it. What are you doing that's small but significant? What are you doing with your life that's small but significant? So I want us to take just a few moments and think about something that you could do that's a small amount of time, but could be incredibly impacting to people around you, either to yourself, to your family, or to those around you. So we have five basic areas. What could I do that's small but significant in these five areas? These are the five areas. Personally. For myself personally, what could I do that's small but significant in my own life? I want each person in the room today to think about this. What could I do that I'm not doing currently that is small but of great significance to the kingdom of God, to what God wants to do in our lives? I'll give you an example, but I want all of you to think in different ways. One example might be saying, "You know what? I don't spend a lot of t- I spend time in prayer or reading my Bible, and if you don't do that, I would encourage you to do that. That would be something that would be quite small. It doesn't take a large portion of time, but it would be incredibly significant for setting the tone for your day." But maybe you would say, "You know what, God? I've done a lot of talking during our prayer time. I'm doing a lot of talking. It's a monologue. It's just me." And God, every morning for the next week, I'm going to do something that's very small but significant. Instead of me monopolizing our time together in prayer, I'm gonna take five quiet minutes every morning and I'm gonna say, God, would you speak to me today so that I could invest and use my life for your honor and for your glory? Could you speak to my heart in this moment? It's pretty small. But what if every person in this room determined that they were going to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit just took five minutes that might seem pretty small, but over the course of the impact across our entire region, it could be very significant. What about in your family? Maybe I'm, I'm speaking maybe towards uh, young parents something that's very small, maybe taking 10 minutes at the close of your day to go and, and spend time praying with your children, maybe reading them a, a Bible story or reading them something uh, that, that they would grow spiritually, just taking a 10-minute segment that seems like a very small amount of time within the whole of your day, maybe praying for them, maybe you're, you're helping them learn their memory verse for their Wednesday night Awana class or something like that, where you could sit down and, and begin to pour into their life Spiritually and mold them into the men and women uh, of God that they one day will be. Those things seem very small, but extremely significant. How about your church? There are many ways to help out within the body of Christ at large or the church. Whether you're, this is your home church here, Wofford City Assembly of God, or maybe you're just passing through and you have a home church somewhere else. I just want you to know that, that you can do things that are very small but extremely significant when it comes to your local church. I think of one of the most significant things that, that is actually seems quite small is um, people that volunteer at the, at the nursery on a Sunday morning to hold babies. For one time, every six weeks or something, they have a rotation. That's the equivalent of giving one hour out of every thousand hours of your life. Seems pretty small. But think about the significance The significance is maybe a a young mom that comes to church and does everything she can to get her three children ready. Dad is out working because he works 80 hours a week and he isn't able to make it, and it is an absolute struggle just to get to church with these kids. She gets in the door and is able to, to, just for one hour, she's able to give... Uh, confidently give her baby to someone to hold that she has held all week long hours and hours and hours and she is able to take 15 minutes to get a cup of coffee to sit in the presence of God and just be able to worship a little bit get encouraged by the word of God and then when Pastor Sheldon closes in prayer she goes right back over to the nursery to take that baby for the rest of the week again something very small for us but extremely significant for that young mom. What can we do in our community that's small but significant? There are so many areas that, that we as, as Christians could be involved and can do things that, that may seem very small but are very significant, like courtesy and caring for others. It's about actively showing the love of Jesus Christ to other people. There are many times in Scripture where the Bible says that Jesus saw something. Jesus took notice of something. Just like this passage of Scripture, when Jesus takes notice of the lady giving, what if we as Christians, instead of just wearing our blinders and going about our day and being selfish in all the things that we do, we would open our eyes and say, God, use me to see the areas of need that I can impact other people's lives. Use me to show the love of Jesus Christ to every person that I come in contact with. Very small, but incredibly significant. What about the world? We at Wofford City Assembly of God here have a vision to, uh, a mission to impact the world. In, in a huge way by 2030. And um, I would like to encourage everyone, and this is, a huge, this is a huge step, but I believe that every person in this room, I, I would like to encourage you and challenge you to take one week, either seven days, or, or uh, ten, seven to 10 days, at some time in your life, and spend it devoted, going, and traveling somewhere to make an impact for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Whether that be a missions trip overseas, whether that be a, a trip where um, there's been a disaster somewhere in the country, I want you to understand, guys, that if you took even seven days of your, over your entire lifetime, I believe that that would be pretty small in comparison to all of the weeks that we have and live on this earth. But I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that people that go on missions trips and allow God to break their heart for the rest of the world come back drastically different. Their significant change. I don't want to belabor this extremely long, but I want to encourage you, if you've never considered that, to think about it. I encourage you to go to a country where you would hold a small child that may not live until the time that you would rest your head back in your own bed because of simple necessities like clean drinking water and vitamins that we could buy at any Walmart store. Those are the heartbreaking kinds of things that causes our lives to move from things that we think are very simple to significance. I encourage you to do that. Allow God to use you in, in incredible ways across the entire world just just ask God when, when w- there are opportunities to go. Ask God if you are supposed to go, if you're supposed to invest your time. Ask yourself every morning this week, what am I doing with my life right now? What am I doing today that is small but significant? Guys, in a size of group this, this large, instead of being paralyzed by our fears and insecurities We need to be determined that every day we are simply going to do something that is small but significant for the kingdom of God, that we are going to be obedient and surrendered to God in all that we do, in our personal lives, in our families. And if we see this, we'll see our personal lives changed, and our families changed, and our communities changed, and our workplaces changed, and our region changed, and ultimately the world changed simply by doing things that are small but significant. Last night when we were in prayer, one of the members of the prayer team said, Pastor Sheldon, I I had this word that God spoke to my heart. He said the word marathon. I said, man, let's think about this for a moment. As we walk from this room, I, I just envision in my mind, if you've ever seen the beginning of the Boston Marathon... It's everyone, it's this massive horde of people that are just starting out and running with all of their might to get out of that crowd and kind of stretch the race out and everything. Everyone is running. They're all running for what? They're running for purpose and they're running to finish. Can you imagine if a church of this size would determine in our hearts today as we leave the parking lot, Now this could be dangerous, but as we leave the, the facility today, Every person says, this week, for the next seven days, I have clarity, I have purpose, I have a reason, I am going to do things, though others might look at them as small, they are going to be significant in the kingdom of God. And so I am going to invest my life for the next week at least and say, you know what, God, let's do something significant, even if other people think It might be small. Let's pray together. God, we look at our lives, and you look at our lives totally different. But God, I'm just praying that that you would be able to harness the power of every person in this room. That none of us would leave without the Holy Spirit speaking to our hearts That, God, we would all look at each day as a significant opportunity. That each of us would take every moment and say, how can this be leveraged for the kingdom of God? That, Lord, we wouldn't live our lives like the Pharisees that came in to drop in their big offerings. But, God, that we would look at our lives and say, God, what can I do each moment that might seem small in this time frame? but could be very significant to the kingdom of God. So Lord, we ask this week that you would speak to our ears and to our hearts, that we would know the direction that we are to go, the things that we are to do. God, I pray that as we open your word on a daily basis, that you would speak with clarity and with understanding to our hearts, that you would give us divine direction so that we could go from this place and spread the love and life of Jesus Christ. And we pray these things in Jesus' powerful name. Amen. Amen.